We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. podcast it is thursday september 7th september 7th happy birthday of course to mateen cleaves the ron dane of michigan state i'm nick whalen here with james anderson james the minnesota golden gophers took care of a very good buffalo team last thursday night i believe are the gophers back well i didn't see any of that game uh really so you probably have to Tell me if they're back or not. I don't think they're back. Okay, good. Uh, they're two points. When dogs. were they? When were they here? Like, well, you to, to, me, get, to go back to get back. That means you have to like get back right. to a level that you were at. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay. Is this like the Marion Barber years? Because like Maroney, was, Maroney was like oh five. Right. I think maybe the years when Barber and Maroney overlapped mm-hmm. is when they were they were. So like yeah, two thousand four, two thousand five. Right. Sure. Since then, not so much. Um, but we're not going to talk about college football. Believe it or not, we are going to talk about the NBA. It is the Rotowire NBA podcast. We are going to do over unders. And before we get into our over unders, we were able to dig up our predictions from last year, which we I'm pro- I'm sure we guarantee that we were going to check in on them and evaluate how we did forgot to do that um but we were able to find the document and we just added them up like three minutes ago and i think we did about as well as we expected that we would yeah i mean there were some there were some hits there were some misses uh some surprising picks just kind of looking back i i see i'm wondering if you maybe doctored this document i i think i locked it in that the knicks were going over 38 and a half (laughs) You the you Knicks, were you, you were all aboard the the Derrick Rose uh, super team train last That's year. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as as we know now, in retrospect, the Knicks did not, in fact, win thirty nine games. They won thirty one games. That was a little puzzling. Um, you were you were high on this Kings team I, last year. Well, see, I was I was going to say I could brag about locking in the under on the Knicks last year, but I'm also the same person that 
strangely locked in the over on the Kings. I really, <laughs> that's just so unlike me. I can't, I'd have to go back and listen and, and try to figure out what I was exactly thinking there. But I, I, that's very unlike me to ever be bullish on a DeMarcus Cousins team. So I wonder if I just, I thought the, the line was too low. I, I don't know. It, it's Well, we should have done confusing. gone back and found the sound bites. Sure. Uh, but, that, well, but that, I'm sure I there would have been. I thought about that. I was like, that would take a really long time. Maybe something to keep in mind for next year. A little too year. much work. But, right. but, you know, I mean, if you did want to go back and listen to that mm-hmm. podcast, I'm sure there would be some, some pretty hilarious sound bites. Yes. Um, so I went over on the Hornets. That was a big miss. You went under on the Hornets. You You apparently foresaw the demise of what what was two years ago a pretty good Hornets team and uh, one that was in the playoffs and you know one that basically collapsed when Cody Zeller was injured last year other highlights uh well should we just focus on our locks so yeah yeah maybe <laughs> I I would rather not you can well I mean because we are gonna lock in some picks for for this upcoming season so yes we are uh with, the, with help from our close friend Akon Let's see i went i went three and two on my locks you i prefer went, not to say <laughs> um, i think i went one and you went, five. You went oh, two and three two and four two and four two and four okay you locked in one more than i did yeah i i felt pretty good about some of these uh strangely <laughs> I, I i wrote i don't remember doing this but it said that this document which is in a cloud format has not been edited since september of last year I have a push for the Rockets uh, at 41 and a half. I think I I somehow thought that they were going to win half a game. So that didn't happen. Clearly, you took the under on 41 and a half with the Rockets. Didn't didn't see the Rockets getting to getting to 42 wins last year. Just just barely got. That's one of those that you could have gone either way. I was I was really sweating it out right down down the stretch. You're sweating that out in like mid January. Really, really They're about need, to blow past this over. <laughs> I really need the Rockets to lose these last 35 games. Um, we well, There were a couple that we actually both hit on. And when I say a couple, I literally mean like a couple. There were really not many. The Spurs, 56 and a half. We took the over. I think I remember having the exact conversation of 56 and a half. Seems like a lot. Everybody's getting old. But it's the Spurs. We gave them the benefit of the doubt. Sure. I assume we're going to have that same talk when we get to the Spurs for this year's Lions. We both went over on the Jazz at 47 and a half. If I can think back 350 odd days ago, I don't think I felt great about that, but they ended up beating that by three and a half games. We both went under on the Pelicans. Um, under on the Magic. Under on, yeah, I mean, that's obviously. The, I think an, annual, an annual tradition going under right. on the Magic. I will be doing that again this year. <laughs> we went over on the Warriors 66 and a half. And. I I didn't really have I made money off of that bet too I don't remember if uh, with with a with a friend I, I right. put money on that were you were you confident I I, I on I that or were you just kind of yeah were you just confident or were you confident on that or were you were you kind of on the fence about going over if on I that? remember correctly I think I was confident right. I think the biggest issue was like maybe rest you know sure. and how they were going to coalesce and, and like they came out and they got, they snuck they they just snuck that out they, they got to sixty seven so um, right and I that was with the Duran injury yep. with the you know the little losing streak that followed that um we both hit the over on the nuggets at 34 and a half ching (laughs) we both hit the under on the bulls under on the nets under at 20 and a half i'd like to pat ourselves on the back for that one because that's a really low line and we did not believe that's in that nets team and that's an insider hit yeah you you hit it you hit on you hit on the the nets under at 20 and a half that's that's a big hit good luck getting that intel anywhere (laughs) else uh all right anything else you want to hit on with these i mean there's i mean i think we're gonna have a i think we're gonna have a rebound i think so too i i I don't know i kind of felt you know i've finished 12 and 18 I feel okay about that. I don't, <laughs> basically, I don't want to set this up as I'll do better when I don't know. See, that I'll do I, 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 I mean, last year you, might have you been should go. I mean, if you just, I mean, you should go fifteen to fifteen. Like, so I mean, like doing worse should than I? fifteen to fifteen to me is not something to strive for. I'm I'm trying to get above five hundred on my. I'm just trying to keep accuracy. expectations as low as possible. Okay, okay. I don't want anyone thinking that I'm going to do well. well. Okay, so let's get into these. We're going to go alphabetical order. We're not going to split them up by conferences, um, basically because you made the spreadsheet and you didn't do that in the spreadsheet, so we're not going to do it. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, the only team, that only city that begins with an A in the NBA, right? Yep. Yep. 
They won 43 games last year. The line is 17 and a half games lower than that. Um, 25 and a half. We have disagreement right away, and I'm, lock, and, I'm locking and, one in right away. We, we have a lock and, and a disagreement on the first one. That's, I mean, so you, I'm can't, going you can't do better than that. I'm going under on 25 and a half. You are going over on 25 and a half. I, f- I feel like you're more in a position here where you have to defend yourself. Sure. So I think, you know, when, when you're talking about NBA over-unders, uh, the coach... I think is always a, a pretty big factor in, in what I'm going to do, especially if it's a team that, you know, I mean the, the Hawks obviously don't have a ton of talent, but I think we we've seen plenty of times in, in recent seasons where a really good coach can pull a team that, that on paper doesn't look that great uh, past where most people would expect them to be. I, th- I kind of think back to this past season's Miami heat team. We saw that with their expulsion. Uh, I mean, that that roster still looks terrible. I have no idea how they did what they did in the second half last year. Uh, the the Indiana Pacers, when the, the year they were without Paul George is a year that I think of um, kind of along those same lines. Uh, it doesn't always work because I, I think I picked the, the Mavericks to go over last year kind of along the, the same lines here. But to me, 25 and a half is just so low. And while they don't have a ton of talent, I think a lot of these guys are positive contributors like they're not um you know I, I think that they're young players like deandre bembry uh tareen prince I, I love the Dwayne dedman pickup i mean these are guys that are they're not obviously stars they're not really close to that but i think that they're they're winning players like the, the style of play they uh go with they're not gonna be ball stoppers they're gonna play uh both ends i think they're gonna play within the the scheme i think this is the type of team that a really good coach can coach up uh past where most people would expect them to be just based on the the names on the the depth chart now that almost all that i do agree with um I, i think in some ways we have to give budenholzer the benefit of the doubt and i do think that this collection of guys you know, I, I think you know, it's not it's not going to be the heat situation from last year, but it is those type of, you know, it's a kind of like a, a hodgepodge of guys who can play like two or three spots and, you know, a bunch of, you know, Torian Prince could very easily be a James Johnson type of guy. You're, you're not throwing this team together, you know, full of shoot first, you know, Tim, it's not Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, Dion Waiters is your top two guys. Like it's Dennis Schroeder. I think could be could be primed for a decent statistical year. I don't know that he's a guy that really drags you to a lot of wins. Um, but to me, 25 and a half, like I, even if this team does coalesce and turns into this, you know, really deep, but not all that talented team that plays hard, like getting to 26 wins is still a lot of wins because there's so little talent at the top of this roster. Like who's the Hawks second best player? Uh, Kent Bazemore. Like that's not good. You're I mean, not winning a lot of games, but no, but I mean, I, I just, I, I think the Eastern conference is so bad at the back half at the back half. I mean, they're going to be playing. There's going to be at least, you know, eight, 10, 12 games where they might even be favored just because of how bad the East is. And, and just how many the times the they don't play the Bulls out. eight times. <laughs> I don't know. What team are they going to be? Well, like favored if over? they're at home, I think they'd be favored against the Nets. If they're at home, they'd be favored against the Bulls. If they're at home, they, have like, they, have the worst uh, they might be favored against the, the Pacers. I, I don't see it. I mean, if, if, if they're, if they ever the have the schedule advantage in their favor, they're going to be favored against a, mm-hmm. like a half dozen teams in the East. And then there's just going to be some games that I think, I mean, like I'm not confident in this one, but I, I just think it would, it, it's got the potential to look really stupid yeah. to bet on buttonholzer to not get a team to 26 or 27 wins. Like, like if you bet against uh, the heat last year, I mean, right. you were probably kicking yourself with a month left to go in the season. How do you think the adjustments to the schedule are going to affect, you know, these type of teams? Like, I, I think it was Bill Simmons, I believe, brought this up with Durant and one of the mailbag pods recently. And I think it's going to help good teams. You know, teams yeah. that team like teams like the Warriors, like I feel pretty good about the over with the Warriors this year because they don't they're not going to have that need to rest guys because they're rarely playing back to backs. You're not playing four games in five nights anymore. Same goes for the other you know elite teams that were kind of facing this issue last year. And the point that Durant kind of made was that I think there are certain teams that felt like they were they were more competitive than they were because they were catching the Warriors, you know, on the. Uh, 
six game in 10 nights or whatever you want whatever you want to scheme it um and Durant basically said like yeah there's guys and there's teams that are going to get exposed this year because you're not catching the elite players tired and like a team like the Hawks I don't see really benefiting from increased rest no I mean I I think I don't know I think to some degree every team's going to benefit you can't I mean, it's not something that only works right. for good teams yeah, where I mean, rest every, helps. Every, like, everybody's every, going to be more well-rested right. overall. So, I mean, I think that there, there is a slight benefit to the teams with players who are good enough that you would be resting them. But I think that, that that's only going to account for maybe a win here, mm-hmm. a win there. I really don't see it being this big swing where right. all of a sudden all the bad teams are really struggling to get over 20 wins. Like... I think it's going to be fairly similar to past years because it's it's yeah. a level playing field to to some extent. Like, how many games are the Hawks going to be playing where instead of getting you know LeBron James out of the game, he's in the game? It might be three or four games throughout the season right. where they miss where they have to play a star that they wouldn't have otherwise had to play. But um, they're also not going to be going into any of these games coming off of you know a four games and six nights type mm-hmm. of thing. So it's. It, it works a little bit both ways. All right. The Boston Celtics, 53 wins last year, 56 and a half is the line for this year. We disagree again. You're going over. I'm going under. And you're locking it. And, and I'm, I'm, saying, locking it's, it in I'm saying it's a stay away. Okay. So I, I just don't, uh, I think that there's a ton of talent and a ton of depth. And I think that this is a team that, uh, is going to give a lot of teams trouble with, with matchups just with their, the amount of wings they have, even after getting rid of Jay Crowder, I still think they have, you know, four or five just really high end wings that, that a lot of teams aren't going to be able to, to match up with in certain lineups. I think that having, you know, you, you add two top 20 players to a team that won 53 wins the prior season you get rid of a guy that was a total dh uh and i I don't know i i just 56 wasn't quite high enough for me to to back off of of how deep and how talented that team is but i you know we don't really know exactly how uh integrating Kyrie into the offense is going to work necessarily i don't really see how it could not work at at some point during the season but maybe they'll they'll start 10 and 10 or something like that and that's enough for them to not hit the over but if i if i had to bet i would take the over i think they raised their ceiling as a team but what's been glossed over is like you know you said they added two top 30 players to last year's top 20 top 20 sure top 20 yeah of course all right that's fine that's not what i'm debating at all they didn't add it to last year's team they they're replacing 11 guys on that roster there's four players coming back and two of those guys are bench players in in Rozier uh, and Marcus Smart. Like you're not just well, you're, you're not just adding Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. All this like you have to replace your two best defenders. You have to replace replace basically your entire front court depth outside of Horford. Like if Horford who are your hurt two best point, defenders, Crowder and Bradley. I think Smart's a better defender than Crowder. Okay, debatable at, at <laughs> you know at the least. I don't know. I th- sure whatever. You're you're two. I think Horford. I think Horford's a better defender you, than Crowder. So you kept the guy who shoots thirty eight percent from the field and can't shoot threes, even if he's a slightly better defender than Crowder. Like I just I think they're going to be really good. I would I will pick Boston to win the East with relative ease, but I don't know about fifty seven wins. Like with all the factors and all the replacing that you have to do, I, I just fifty seven seems like a lot. I think they have a. Part of the reason why I'm taking the over too is I think that there's a chance that they get into the the low 60s. Like I think that there's a chance that everything just fits a lot better than everyone's expecting, and they just cruise, and they're gonna benefit. Part of the reason why I took the Hawks over is they're gonna be playing a lot of terrible teams in the East, and part of the reason why I'm taking the Celtics over is they're gonna be playing a lot of terrible teams in the East, and like they can they can withstand an injury to really anyone on their team other than maybe Kyrie like I, see that's where I disagree too like the front court like if Horford goes down who are you starting at center like it's Aaron Baines and who's behind him you got rid of Amir Johnson you got rid of Jarebko you got rid of Olenek well all of a sudden it's you're, you're going with a lot of you're going with a lot of small lineups right but and, I, I and still that's think great, but like those can't you can't run those for 48 minutes they've done some crazy stuff man the past year like last year who what was I mean, they, they had, they didn't really have a true right. center at all. Like they, they, they were running, um, 
a lot of funky stuff. I think that they're just their their depth on the wing is going to allow them to run out stuff that you know teams, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one or two teams in the league will be able to match up with if just one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum is uh, kind of makes a leap or whatever or is better than than we're thinking they're going to be. I think that makes a big difference. I think that uh, I just I think Gordon Hayward's just incredibly underrated. I think that's part of part of it too i think a lot of people just kind of still view him as this kind of above average like like super role player type of guy like he's he's not he's a he's a true star in the league i think that like people are kind of forgetting about the fact that that's that's a guy they just didn't have at all last year like you Mm -hmm. can say Kyrie's like maybe a better isaiah thomas but like they they didn't have anyone like gordon hayward last year yeah, I agree. I, like I said, I think they're going to be really good. I think the fit's going to be really good too. I, I think, I think Kyrie just being out of Cleveland and being away from LeBron, like any sort of friction issues are going to seem minuscule compared to all the issues that they had in terms of fit in Cleveland. So that doesn't really worry me all that much. Just I guess the lack of depth in the front court and just so many new guys. Um, I don't think it's just fair to expect them to pick up right where they left off and get better. But I, they're still going to be the best team in the East. Uh, right, the Brooklyn Nets. 20 wins we, last year. We agree on one. We do. 20 wins last year. This line has inexplicably jumped up to 28 and a half. I went under, also locking it in. Three straight Not unders. This just hap- or three straight locks. This just happens to be <laughs> alphabetical. Uh, you're also going under, but not quite locking it in. Did this team get close to eight or nine wins better than they were last year? It's such a complicated question because... I think in in a certain sense, losing Lopez frees up the offense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you you have a guy that everyone kind of agrees is a good basketball player, um, and just losing him might actually help. That that was part of the reason why I took the under on the Hornets last year. Is I thought getting Michael Kidd Gilchrist back was actually going to hurt them. Uh, I think losing Lopez theoretically could could maybe help them a little bit uh you don't know what you're getting in d'angelo russell at all i think that's a huge wild card that's part of the reason why i wasn't going to lock it in uh, i think that just a, a change of scenery could only really help him uh but yeah i mean alan crab's not a winning player uh ronnie house jefferson's just very underdeveloped right now uh thank you for saying that that's Jer- very big of you Jer- jeremy lynn i feel like is getting he gets so much weird love on the internet like oh man when they lost lynn last year like <laughs> like it's like what what do you mean they lost this guy who is maybe like a top teams. maybe a top 30 guard in the league like you know it's it's not a, you're gonna say top 30 player ever no no um just unplug this mic and walk out yeah i just i it seems like a strange line and sometimes i get scared away just by vegas being a little too far off of what I thought the line was going to be like what do they know that I don't know and I think that that's uh that's why I wouldn't lock it in I just I think that there's you know a chance and and this Nets team unlike a lot of these other terrible teams they still have literally no incentive to lose games like you can Mm -hmm. see you know a Hawks team even though I I I, it's going to be hard for like no coach is going to go out there and specifically lose games but like if you're front office you can say like we're shutting this player down with this fake injury, but like the, the nets have zero incentive to lose games. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another aspect. So I kind of agree with you on Lopez. Like I think, I think it's going to be an adjustment, just losing 20 points per game and a guy who was shockingly like a really good three point shooter last year. Like that's, that's going to take some time to replace. And the problem is you're replacing it with Timothy Mozgov and Jared Allen. Like I like mm-hmm. Jared Allen. I, I think you liked him a decent amount coming out of texas especially where the nets got him in the early 20s like fine you know you, th- for that kind of upside in the early 20s that's great but like he's not going to be ready to be an nba big man let, you know especially a starting starting center if timothy mozgov goes out no right i mean if they were going yeah, like like if they're going from lopez to a guy like like Dwayne deadman who we just talked right. about like then i'd be like well sure you know, that actually might end up being a net positive for them um but good, yeah good they're going there yeah they're going to nice they're going to mozgov who yeah like the way the nba is moving right now yeah. i mean that's the last kind of center you right want out there. i will say though i think mozgov isn't as bad as his his reputation has kind of sunk in these this last year and a half like he's a fragile i think he's a fragile like um 
he needs to be really engaged. Like you need to work to get him sure. like engaged. Like but he's he, not I mean, just going to show like up. Finisher, he dunks everything around. Like he started at center for more than half the year on that Cavs title team, and you know obviously he was basically put on ice for the second half of the year and for almost all of last year. But I don't think he's you know going to be just complete garbage. I just think it's a pretty big downgrade to go from Lopez to him. Uh, are they going to have enough shooting? Because neither your starting power forward nor your starting center are going to be three-point threats whatsoever. You add Alan Crabb, obviously that helps in that area. Jeremy Lin, does Vegas think he's a really good? Do shooter? they have enough three-point shooting for what? Like to, to get, be to, to be good. To good teams. To, good teams. Well, nobody well. Nobody thinks they're going to be good though. Like, well, people. Some people <laughs> think they're winning twenty-nine games. Uh, uh, they they have enough three point shooting to be right or to be to have a twenty eight and a half over under I think uh, well let's just do a roster comparison out of them and the Hawks because it's mm. twenty five and a half and twenty eight and a half is this when you look at the Nets roster is it notably better than that Hawks roster I think they're pretty similar right yeah the Nets have a little more depth. I guess at the guard positions, but that depth is Spencer Dinwiddie and Sean Kilpatrick and Isaiah Whitehead and Karis LeVert, like guys who are probably the ninth man on normal teams. Like the only good defender they project to start is Rondé Hollis Jefferson. So, I mean, granted the Hawks are projected to start Ursan Ilyasova, so that's not a big mark in there. And Dennis Schroeder's not a good defender, but, uh, I mean, the the Hawks might be starting three above average defenders, right. whereas the Nets might be starting one above average mm-hmm. defender. Yeah, I think these. I mean, these, these will be three of the five worst teams in the league. Sure, I think we can both agree to lock that in. <laughs> lock it, lock it in. All right, the Charlotte Hornets, thirty-six wins last year. Up to 42 and a half this year, despite, I mean, is Dwight Howard, does he even qualify as as, ma- as a major addition? I was going to say they didn't make any major additions. Uh, it, he's a notable addition. He's not a major addition. Sure. They made an addition <laughs> in Dwight Howard. <laughs> I, but I don't think, I don't think this is Vegas saying, well, they added Malik Monk, they added Dwight Howard. They're, they're going to be six and a half wins better. I think this is them saying last year was a bit of a fluke and they're probably closer. Last year, they should have been maybe a 44 win team, not a, a 36 win team or not 44, sorry, like 42. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, <sighs> It's in a zone like forty two and a half. I, I was hoping it would be at like forty and a half. Then I could maybe mm-hmm. then I could maybe say the over, but I still look at this team and oh man, it's you're really you're really asking a lot of some of these guys to get that team to forty three wins. I just I don't see you know, Kemba Walker's coming off a career year. Is he gonna continue to get better? Is that his career is that is that gonna go down as his best year? Like I just don't know what to think there. I mean, Nicholas Batum's another year older. It's it's. I still hate that Michael Kid Kid Gilchrist projects to play like thirty minutes for this team. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I I took the over here. I might flop on the fly though. That was a pretty compelling argument that you just laid out. <laughs> but just by listing the roster, basically, <laughs> here's who um, they're starting at small forward. No, I mean the Kemba thing. I think we're gonna look back and maybe not say that last year was the career year, but I think he's entering the Kyle Lowry zone of uh-huh. we'll get a it's couple dangerous seasons. to bet against him. Sure. Even, right. like, even as much as you might want to. Yeah. Like he's not going to get notably better for the next few years, but I think he can at least sustain that for a couple years. Like it's, this isn't going to be this one year where he was just crazy better than he was the rest of his career. I like their starting five. I mean, you know, I'm a Dwight guy and it's not like they're replacing a three point shooting center with a traditional center in Dwight. Like, I think that's tougher to adjust to, to go one way or the other. You're just getting a better version in, in my eyes of, of what you had last year in Cody Zeller. And you still have Cody Zeller, who's going to be playing a lot of minutes behind Howard. I like the starting five beyond that though. Things get a little messy. Like if Kemba Walker misses any more than five games, that means a lot of Michael Carter right. Williams. I was going to say like, I, I hate their uh, one through three depth, but I really like their four through five depth. Oh, like Johnny if, O'Brien. If, if if Frank Kaminsky and Cody Zeller are your two backup bigs, I think you could do uh, a lot worse than right. that. Uh, so, I mean, I think they could definitely withstand, um, 
an injury maybe in the front court but yeah like like you're saying i mean at small forward even like that's that's really dangerous if you mm-hmm. if you start dip, dipping into to the options there maybe they'll play some batum at the three a bit more this year i don't know i mean it's 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 pretty bad and and i don't i don't see monk being the type of rookie who is even a neutral player i think he's going to be a net negative in year one it's just not the type of skill set that usually comes yeah. right into the league and is is a big uh, plus for the team yeah i think that it's going to be fun to watch you and i are both monk guys i think pretty much everybody's a monk guy i've, I've never really met anyone i feel like, like i'm I, becoming monk not guy. a monk guy based right. on the fact that i thought he went at an appropriate place in the draft like a lot of people thought that um you know he should have gone in oh, the no. single digits i i thought he went very very appropriately i think so too that doesn't make me like him any less, no i though. i like him as a player right. i think that he's gotten a little bit overrated yeah. in certain circles of the internet yeah absolutely um charlotte's a team that could have used an alan crab obviously they weren't <laughs> going to pay the money to get an alan crab they're trying to stay under the tax uh but like that's the type of guy that you know a swing two three who can shoot like they they have kind of that guy in jeremy lamb ideally you would have another one because jeremy lamb right. is wildly inconsistent. i mean most teams could use an alan crab sure. if, if it's at a reasonable right. figure he's just not yeah he's i just thought charlotte like charlotte should have done something else other than getting dwight yeah I, what are you gonna do though what are they gonna do like i, I don't know <laughs> they, i, I don't mean know. they're I just, they're just they can't they can't really get any better like their ceiling is like the sixth seed in the east and they're floor is like the 12th pick in the draft like right. that's not where you want to be what we call it the milwaukee bucks zone right yes. the herb cole zone <laughs> chicago 41 wins last year the line now 21 and a half we are split on this one i'm going the under. Only, the only line we've agreed on so far by the way is that nets under yep. so why are you over <laughs> on 21 and a half with the bulls that's just another t- it's it's a lot of the same reasons as the hawks over uh i just i don't know i think vegas is getting i think they're expecting people to really be banging this under and i just think that they put it they put it low enough to where they were still going to get some action on the over but like i i think realistically I, I think this is a 23 or 24 win team i just think that there's going to be so much money coming in on the under that they can't put that line in a in a realistic zone i mean I, we don't know what's going to happen with Dwayne wade obviously that's a that's a big um that's a big uh factor here but uh i think laurie markinen's extremely underrated at this point based on the amount of like that trade happened that the jimmy butler trade happened and some for some reason it became an an invitation for everyone to come in and like start ripping the players the bulls got back in the deal like it can be a bad deal and those players can still be intriguing and and Mm -hmm. potentially solid players like those things are are not exclusive uh i think robin lopez is is still a a quality player i think that that markin and lopez front court here uh, we go is really it's a really nice fit uh and all all they have to do is get to 22 wins that's a lot of wins that's all they got to do is get to 22 go through wins that schedule and point out 22 times where you're like yes the bulls are going to win that game 22 I just, times look, i don't know i think that people you could okay if you get a healthy zach levine i think that you could make a case that that bulls roster is better than the nets and hawks rosters that were just we were just talking about that were in the 25 and 28 range so yeah but that's a if you get healthy zach levine and that's for maybe 50 games and like was zach levine really a winning player in minnesota he was a fun player well part of the reason why that wasn't that didn't lead to winning is because they had two of those players in andrew Five wiggins shows. and zach levine i think you can get away with having just one of them like if, if you just have one guy who's just an all offense no defense type of guy plenty of teams have won with that recipe before mm-hmm. it's when you start getting two or three of those guys into the lineup and uh you know at key defensive positions like that uh i think that that's when it becomes a pretty big issue but i mean i think chris dunn is you know at least an above average defender and we'll finally get to see what he's capable of doing in a starter's workload i I just i don't know i'm not feeling confident about this one but mm-hmm. you're making me pick and i'm picking picking the over i am making you pick so no team won fewer than 20 games last year 
two years ago we had a team at 17 that was sixers the lakers Lakers. and we had a team at 10 oh okay see it's like and that sixers roster obviously was bad and it's worse than this bulls roster somehow Mm mm-hmm but I think it was quite. 12, I think it was it quite a bit worse. Wins worse. I think it was quite a bit worse. Go look at who was playing on that. I am team. right now. Oh, Elton Brand was on the team. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, the top win shares leader on that team was Nerlens Noel. Okay. Follow. Oh, yeah, this is bad. Carl Landry was top three in win shares. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That might have been. That might be a self-defeating argument. <laughs> Okay, let's just move on from the Bulls. I like. I'm not super. I don't. Confident. So like, one and a half is low. The Hawks and the Bulls ones, where I'm going over and you're going under. Like, look, I don't. I don't love going over on those. I definitely could see them going under. It's like I'm 52 percent leaning over, 48 yeah. percent leaning under. It's not like I'm, I'm making a strong stance here that the Bulls are mm-hmm. going to go over. I think karmically, the Bulls should win like six games this year. <laughs> just because of some of the, the things that that front office sure. has done some of their transgressions we'll say <laughs> transgressions. Uh, so if you believe in karma i would take the under <laughs> on the bulls well we're finally going to get to see hoiberg ball right <laughs> yes we are see that, that this is where i don't get when you compare him to the hawks like no i'm Boonholzer's on one I, end no, of the I, spectrum Horf, i was uh, hoiberg's on the other i think the rosters i think are comparable yeah. i i don't think the coaches are comparable they probably play each other four times right I mean, hopefully. Pass alert. I'll watch it. Now, after after we just spent like 10 minutes talking about those two teams, I'll legitimately watch those games. Actually, this is, I haven't looked forward to watching a Bulls team this much in at least two years. Like this, this team, like I, I'm actually intrigued by players on this team. Like last year's Bulls team was just painful to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really rough. If, if, and when they play the Hawks first, I don't know when that is. Um, are we looking at maybe like a 55 53 type of game <laughs> at the end of the first quarter <laughs> it's, it's like nine to four at the end of the first uh all right enough bashing the bulls the cleveland cavaliers 51 games That's what the people came for last year 53 and a half this year and We're you're both going over you're contractually obligated to go over on on the Cavs every year uh i so if if I thought Isaiah Thomas was going to play like say 70 games and be normal Isaiah Thomas, I would have gone way way over here and locked it in. Mm-hmm. But that's just a pretty big uh ingredient to to whether yep. they can cruise on like certain nights. Like I think the nights when LeBron like brings it and is well rested and everything like that, I think they still are going to beat pretty much every team in the league, but there's going to, there's nights in the schedule, you know, where either, you know, he may not necessarily rest, but it's just kind of be kind of a LeBron sort of mailing it in on defense type of night. And that's when you can really use uh, a wingman like Thomas to step up. So I just, I don't, I don't know what we're getting from Isaiah Thomas, but I think this roster, if it's at full health, I think this roster works really well together. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Isaiah, Isaiah to me when when LeBron like you said when he's locked in and fully healthy I don't honestly don't think it really matters that much no. if Isaiah is there right but like you said those games when LeBron doesn't bring it or he's resting if they don't have Isaiah that's like it's almost a guaranteed loss and that, that was the case <laughs> last year when they had Kyrie and right. Kevin Love healthy it was still right. a guaranteed loss so yeah that's kind of what made me think twice about it um, but I do think that the Cavs maybe more than any other team are going to benefit mm-hmm. from the schedule changes and I think, I mean, 53 and a half is a really low number for a LeBron right. James prime, they, a they, prime LeBron team. And he's going to be pissed off LeBron this yes. year. I mean, he's usually pissed off LeBron, but he's going to be really pissed off this year. And it's 53 and a half wins. It's LeBron James. Like if he's right. healthy, you get over that. Remember how bad that first year was when he, when he first came back to Cleveland and they were like under 530 games in and everybody hated each other they still won 53 games that year and and that seemed like really the low 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 point obviously they won fewer than that last year like but but they but didn't I think, try for most of last year right and if you just you know say lebron just plays four more games last year than he played they get over they right. they probably win three of those four so no i agree i think i think it's a 53 and a half is the perfect line as a lot of these are where you look at it and just it just doesn't really strike you one way or the other dallas 35 and a half 
We got my first lock. lock. You got your first lock. You were locking in the over. The uh, over. 35 and a half. Okay, I'm going under. This yep. team won 33 <laughs> last year. Wouldn't be a lock if we didn't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> You're locking it in. I completely disagree. Um, what What are you doing here? What's going on? I mean, they won 33 games last year, and I just... I I really like this starting five coached by Rick Carlisle. Like, it, it's not a playoff team, but I think that he definitely squeezes 37, 38 wins out of this team as, as long as they can kind of die. I mean, with, with Dirk and Wes Matthews, like, a, assuming health is, is a is a risk, obviously. So, I mean, if, if Dirk misses 25 games, they probably hit the under here. Uh, but I just I think that last year, if you look at some of the rosters they were trotting out towards the end of last year, uh, really really bad players were playing a lot of minutes. Like I mean, some of the some of the front court minutes they were handing out, um, you know, Dwight Powell just playing major minutes. Uh, it it looked it actually kind of reminded me of some of those Sixers teams from a couple of years ago. But now they go they have like a legit starting five. They have you know Seth Curry I think is a is a really solid. Uh, first guy off the bench on on a team that could win 38 games with a really good coach i mean they still have a top three coach in the league so uh i don't know i i just really like the way that that starting five looks to me and then you throw in carlisle and i'm i would mm-hmm. pro- project 20, uh, 38 wins for this team <sighs> yeah this was a tough one and you know they're like the spurs they're one of those teams that you're just scared to bet against because not only i mean the coach is the biggest part of that but when you have this kind of interesting mix of like you look at this team and you're like i I know they're not making the playoffs no way they're making the playoffs and yet three of their starters you feel pretty good about dirk barnes and matthews like good veteran guys and then like i really like a full year of nerlens noel i think is going to be a really big difference maker i i think that like Nerlens Noel in Carlisle's defensive scheme is just it's so perfect like it's the, what they were doing all those years with like Tyson Chandler I think Nerlens Noel can can do a lot mm-hmm. of that and then kind of give them some interesting uh you know stuff as a as just a cutter and and lob finisher on offense so I I I think that Carlisle like Carlisle knows this team's not a playoff team but I think he's probably going into camp really excited to see what he can get this unit to do yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, Dennis Smith, we haven't even talked about at all, is a huge upgrade at point guard. And he's, I mean, at the end of the year, we might look back and he'll probably be like even or a net negative, sure. you know, as far as rookies go. But, you know, this is a team that was trumpeting the, the Yogi Ferrell find last year. <laughs> I was like, really? Like this, he's not even good. And I think, you know, Dennis Smith is going to be a huge, huge upgrade over Yogi Ferrell. And like, I've read a couple of articles this offseason that are like, you know, he might start if he can leapfrog Yogi Ferrell. Like, he's going to leapfrog <laughs> Yogi Ferrell. He's going to leapfrog. He leapfrogged him when his name was called undrafted. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> that was him like, leapfrogging wow, Yogi have, Ferrell. Why, why are they taking a point guard? They already have a point guard. No, they don't. Uh, I mean, as w- is with the case with pretty much all these bad teams, there's not a lot of depth here. If Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes, and right, to be fair, Harrison Barnes never misses games, but if he does miss games, Dorian Finney-Smith. That's a concern. Come on down. That's a concern. Um, but again, like, like I said, that's what happens if you're a bad team. You and they, they had a ton of guys. Like, look at the starting five and, like, think of the amount of games they're getting from guys they didn't get last mm-hmm. year. Like, they probably got uh, hundred and like forty. 150 total games from guys on the starting five last year so let's say Dirk it's kind of like last year where he's in and out he's missing chunks do they want to win this year like what what benefit is it to the Dallas Mavericks to finish and get the 10th pick or the eighth pick again uh well I just I think that you want uh guys like Smith Barnes and Noel you want them playing alongside the best players you can get them playing with and you want them playing in close games meaningful Mm -hmm. games just for their development like i mean it's better for dennis smith's development if he's playing with dirk than without dirk yeah and i think that for that reason like they're not going to strategic like sit dirk for for two weeks just because they want to lose a few games i mean i think they might but only late in the year like if they're really really out of it and it's mid-march and maybe they'd shut him down but they're not gonna like last year they're not gonna be totally fine with him sitting out 20 games in the middle of the year right 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the big question, I guess, is is Dennis Smith, like, do you have your guy in Dennis Smith and you're building around him and you're hoping to add free agents? Or do you want to draft another piece to go with Smith? Like, I think maybe maybe we don't know quite yet because we don't know how good Smith is going to be. I mean, he could be they could win 36, 37 games and still end up with like the seven or eight pick in next year's right, draft. That's true. So it's like, I think, yeah. I don't know. I, it's you, you want to start the best roster you can, at least for the first two thirds of the mm-hmm. season. I think you have a good enough piece in Smith that you don't feel like you have to have to get another blue chipper. Like you'd be okay getting another guy in that range. <laughs> well, that you, you I, I don't know. I mean, you're just, you're just trying to add talent. Yeah. I mean, there, there's only, going to end up being i know there's like six guys we're talking about for next year's draft right now that we think could be superstars but by the time the draft actually rolls around i think that'll be whittled down to like three and so you're not you're probably not getting one of those guys anyways yeah i mean i think it could go the other way too like nobody if nobody was projecting lonzo ball to go second overall this time last year Mm -hmm. Denver Nuggets, 40 wins last year, 45 and a half is the over-under this year. Once again, we disagree. I'm saying the over, you're taking the under. Again, 45 and a half. I just think that's a really, really, really high number for a team that is going to be playing Jamal Murray and Emmanuel Moutier at point guard. Like, point guard's gotten to a point, and like the way the game's played now, point guard is probably the most important at least offensive position on the floor. And with those two guys, you're getting a lot of minutes of probably below average play in Murray's case, below average play at the position in Moody's case, like maybe the worst in the league at that position. So I just, it's hard for me to see a team with that's running that out there at point guard, getting over 45 and a half wins. I was kind of surprised at how high this was. I thought it might be 42 and a half, 43 and a half, something like that. Obviously understand how good Jokic is and, and how good the Millsap edition is. But, um, well, I mean, the point guard play was bad last year, but they got to 40. It's like, to me, Paul Millsap is worth five and a half wins ish. Sure. But you're also, I mean, you're taking, you're taking Gallinari away. True. Um, Missed a lot of time last year, but yeah, still still a big loss. I don't know. I it just seems like a high number for this team. I maybe I'm underestimating. Like maybe Jokic just makes a. I love Jokic. Maybe he mm-hmm. just makes a jump this year that nobody sees coming. Uh, maybe Millsap doesn't lose a step, but maybe he does. Maybe he's. Maybe we're done seeing like top thirty player, top thirty five player in the league, Paul Millsap. Maybe yeah. now he just kind of becomes sort of a middling guy it just seems like a lot of wins for a team that hasn't proven it before i mean the way i kind of like to look at it is to compare what this team would need to do so 46 wins to hit the over and look at what that would have meant last year so like the the wizards won 49 games last Mm -hmm. year and i'm like can this denver team be three games worse than last year's wizards can they be one game worse than last year's thunder like i I like to think so i mean obviously that's not a perfect comparison but well i mean that's tough because if this team's in the East, I'm taking, oh, uh, you sure. know, I'm, I'm betting the house on the over. Um, and I think if last year's Wizards team was in the West, they're probably a 500 team. Right. And, you know, I think the Thunder, that Thunder team is so weird because they won so many games late and close. And you just can't expect that type of production in those close games this year or, or any year, really. So, I mean, it, they were probably just as good as the Nuggets in terms of true talent last year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they were an um, the Thunder that is were an unbelievable clutch team. Like they right. won a lot of games in the last two minutes that they, you know, the statistics say they shouldn't have won. Uh, but no, Denver's. I mean, neither of us feel overly confident about this. I, I don't think. No. Um, they'll be a fun team though. Like I, they should have added somebody at point guard. I don't know who that is. You know, like. Well, they wanted it to be a certain somebody, and well, I, yeah, well, <laughs> they, yes, but that would have required sending out some talent sure. too, right? I mean, I, I'm saying like a, they should have been the team that took a chance on Derrick Rose. You know, like not that I love Derrick Rose, but he's better than Emmanuel Mudiay to me, and he can give you better minutes for. 23 24 minutes a night than Moutier what did you think about I mean I am I crazy to still kind of think Trey Lyles has a chance to be good because I mean they they you theoretically could have just had that guy in Donovan Mitchell if yeah if you wanted to go that route but I 
That would have been interesting. To me, the yeah. fact that the fact that they like did that trade uh, kind of helps restore my confidence that Trey Lyles actually still might end up being good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we'll see. I read somewhere the other day. I don't. I forget what even the context was, but it was basically the wording was Donovan Mitchell's untouchable in trade talks. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> He's played three summer league games. You're not getting this guy. Uh, okay. So the Detroit Pistons, I hate talking about the Pistons. We're we going to keep this one quick. Keep they're quick. just, they're just not a fun or cool team. Despite yet, having Luke Kennard, they got a lot. You cooler. went over the minute they, they said Luke Kennard, <laughs> they got much cooler, but now, now they're like only the 27th coolest team in the league. <laughs> 29 29 to 30 at all times <laughs> so they won 37 last year the lines at 38 and a half similar to charlotte I, you know they didn't get all that much better but last season just seemed like a worst case scenario for them still got to 37 once again we disagree you're going under 38 and a half i'm going over explain well i i think the organization like obviously they've been trying to do stuff in terms of trades this off season and haven't had any luck because they don't have any good players pe- people don't people are not willing to just take andre drummond <laughs> off their hands um but so so i think i think stan van gundy's at a point with this team where i think he wants to do a rebuild and I think one of the best things for job security, if you're in charge of uh, in charge of uh, running running things, is starting a rebuild because then you get an extra like you get to see that rebuild through. Mm-hmm. So like if he just keeps trying to win with this team and they keep winning thirty nine forty wins, like that's not a great thing for his job security. But if he can get this team into a full rebuild, then I think that that. And I think he just hates half of this roster. Yes. So I think that like that's part of it, too. Uh, I'm not sure what they can necessarily do in season to uh, kickstart such a rebuild. But I I have to imagine he's not interested in trying to get like the eight seed or the seven yeah. seed in the East this year. So I just think that they're this is a team that I, I think wants to lose games uh, and probably wants to part with some of their bigger name players like if, if they can find a way to get off of uh drummond or reggie jackson i think they will and then you're left with avery bradley tobias harris luke Kennard, john Luer as like your key players i mean that that's that's a bad team yes yes it is. i think they've been wanting to get out from drummond for a while now yeah. probably close to two years i think that they're drummond's the type of player where i think there are maybe like 22 teams in the league that just will not take him under any circumstance I, even more right now i think there's more three including this coming year you have three more years on that deal that are guaranteed plus uh, a player option in 2020 2021 right that's worth almost 30 million dollars like who wants that no i think you, you, like he's the type of guy that you would have dumped to Brooklyn two years ago, but now that Brooklyn type of team that's just you know in asset mode isn't really there right now. Right. So I don't know what te- I don't know what that team is like. I don't see where Drummond goes. I mean, can they do can they do the same trick twice? Where like will his will Stan Van's owner allow him to pay a guy to go away again? Like I don't think a guy that makes this much though. Like, <laughs> Can they, are they going to have, they're going to be stretching Josh Smith for another two years, I believe, mm-hmm. this year and the next. So you'd have that, and then you'd be stretching Andre Drummond until like 2030. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do necessarily to get, I, I mean, obviously they don't want Reggie Jackson anymore either. Um, I don't know what they do to get rid of those guys, but like. I think they're going to, they're just going to like leave Andre Drummond somewhere. They, you know, they like have, when, when Lane Kiffin got fired, they just left him on the runway. Like they're just going to leave him back and like first come first serve, whoever wants him picks him up. Yeah, I mean, they could do. Um, I mean, he's also the type of player who doesn't necessarily help you win games either. So, like, uh, I don't know. I it just seems like a, a optimistic win total for a team that I just don't think is going to have any interest in winning games after January. What if I told you that Andre Drummond had sinus surgery this offseason and that's supposed to make him really good? <laughs> that's what I've heard. Okay, got got the sinuses. Is that going to make out. him shoot free throws? <laughs> that's better? been the issue. Is those, those sinuses. <laughs> Uh, all right, from one extreme to the other, the Golden State Warriors, sixty-seven wins last year. The line sits at sixty-seven and a half. 
I would have thought that Vegas would have gone higher to kind of entice some people here, but 67 and a half feels a little conservative. We have our first double lock. Lock Mm -hmm. And we agree. We do. I I really hope there's one where we have a lock and we disagree. Um, But Uh, there is. Yes, I think we'll, we'll get there. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, yeah. So I think that this, this year's Warriors team is better by, just on paper, I think they're better by maybe three or four wins. So you get a, I can't, I can't, you can't probably predict that they're going to deal with worse injury luck this year. You probably could predict maybe the same, like maybe clay misses 20 games, maybe Steph right. misses I think 15 you, games, something like that. But like, if you take the total games Durant missed and like redistribute those around the roster, maybe, but yeah, sure. I don't think they're going to have like Durant's yeah. not going to miss a chunk like right. he did. Like they won 67 with Durant missing that time and they got better. So like, yes. I just don't, I don't see how, and, and this, their depth now is to the point where they can have the West all wrapped up yep. and still go out there and win games. With. And they, they're not going to have pressure to rest guys anymore. Right. Not as exactly. much. I mean, I, I would still bank they're, on KD and Steph resting every sure. now and then, they're, but it's not going to be as much as last They're going to be on national TV like 40 times. So like you're not, 40 times, you're not going to be able to rest them on any of those games. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I think, I think this is, it feels dubious to say this is an obvious I mean, over when the number is 67 and a half. The, but the inevitable Pat McCaw breakout. Uh, yes. I mean, if anything, they might they might suffer from having too much talent. <laughs> <laughs> they might, might go overboard. <laughs> they might beat the Bulls 150 to zero. We might we might see our first shutout in NBA. First NBA shutout. That'd be, that'd be fun. If, can you imagine like, if they were like... Like how how late into the game would the shutout have to be going for the team that was shutting the other team out <laughs> to, to like, like really go to realize it? it and just be like, all right, guys, let's go. Like, okay, obviously no one's getting shut out, <laughs> no. but I don't I don't think it's I think somebody will get shut out for a quarter. That that oh, might have already sure. happened. That probably has happened. Uh, I've actually I bet it hasn't happened. That's a long time to go without a basket. I bet there I bet a team has scored. Maybe a lot of teams have had one field goal in a quarter. I bet. Sure. Well, like the field goal thing is the yeah, thing. Like, cause like free throws are, you know, you know, you're it, to, to shut a team out from the field and to not allow right. them to get to the line enough to make a free throw. That's a, that's a, you don't even test. get a defensive three in the key. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe you just go hack a drumming for a whole quarter. <laughs> he goes over 40 from the line. <laughs> no, I, I don't think we're going to see any, anything of that magnitude, but like we might see some, freaky type of things with the Warriors where they're up like 85 to 30. At could you see like, like, could you see them doing like, what's the most points you could see them scoring in a first half? I think they could get to 80. I wonder right? what the like, NBA record is for points, points and a half points in a sure points and a half. Cause um, like this, I, I, I mean, obviously there's going to be so many games where you take the key guys out halfway through the third quarter. Right. Uh, or at least just start really staggering their minutes. Most uh, points so in a first half, 107. That's a lot of points. I mean, I, this team... The second most is 90, and these games were three days apart. What year? 1990. Okay. So this is like the... Yeah, you the, know, the, the running zero defense. Nuggets, yeah, yeah, yeah that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. Like, the 19... The early 90s or in late 80s of the NBA is like when you look at baseball records in the in the early 20s. You're going to see some games, though, where this Warriors team hits... You know, they're, they're going to be setting just random records, like most threes yeah. by a team in a quarter, like just random stuff like that. They're going to be... That's how uh, they're going to have to keep lar- themselves motivated. Largest lead in a first right. quarter, like largest lead in in a first half, like stuff exactly. like that. Uh, it's going to be sickening. <laughs> <laughs> the Houston Rockets. I got a, I got another lock. Another lock. Okay, lock so you did fifty five and a half. Are you locking them in at the over or the under? I am locking them in at the over. Okay, I also am going over. Not locking it in, but I like the over. I, you know, maybe I'm just a little too uh, convinced that there won't be any kind of major struggles between CP and, and Harden. But I, I, you know, I, I think Chris Paul's at a point in his career where, you know, he, he's got a legacy to kind of worry about and he needs to start being on teams that actually make deep postseason runs and not only have regular season success. Uh, I think that that, that the new, the new schedule, 
really helps this team because you're going to have a fresh Harden and a fresh uh, Paul for most of these games. I think that that <clears throat> the under talked about thing with these two players is that you never have to have like you're always going to have one of them on the court. Yes. And so the offense is just going to be deadly at all times. Uh, you're not going to see this team do any kind of that crap that um, you know Westbrook and the Thunder did last year where they're just chasing individual accolades. It's just going to be all about uh, pushing out to early leads and, and getting to rest these guys in the fourth quarter. Uh, I still think they have they have the right type of role players in that front court, I think, to complement these guys. So, yep. I mean, I just I think they're going to cruise to high 50s low 60s as long as everyone stays healthy like i mean that that's that's the way that they don't hit this right as if if harden yeah. or chris paul miss like 25 yeah. 30 games. like i think there's always that chance that they don't coalesce all that well harden and paul but like worst case scenario you just stagger them. you know like if they can't right. figure out how to share the ball then you obviously you have to play them together for a large amount of the game but but like if you if you're only asking like chris paul to be off the ball for like 12 yeah. minutes a game and i think harden like it, would, it will be somewhat okay with being off the ball. And Har- right? Yeah, Harden's kind of Harden loves just shooting threes. He like, just loves chilling. So yes. like, if if they can win games and he can be right. off the ball for like ten minutes a game, he's yes. not going to argue with that. Harden played thirty six minutes a game last year, so there are twelve minutes every game when Patrick Beverly, uh, late in the year, Lou Williams is yeah. handling the ball. Not you know, not terrible players by any means, but. In those twelve minutes when Harden sat, the offense was seven points per hundred possessions worse. Like well, you're you're not only it's basically like Harden playing the entire game. Also, just just think of like the amount of um, you know if you're if you're James Harden, those are thirty six really grueling minutes where yes. you're just in charge of running everything. every single thing. And that's part of the reason. I mean, that if you're a, an apologist for his defense, you can say like, well, how how is he supposed to uh, put forth that effort on that end when he's putting forth that much effort on the offensive end? But when you have Chris Paul. Like neither of these guys are going to be as gassed theoretically in the fourth quarter as they have been for their entire careers, basically. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and you know, based on what we've seen, at least on on Instagram this summer, they seem to be getting along well. I don't think, I mean, there, there's going to be a clash at some point, just because Chris Paul is Chris Paul. Like, there's probably going to be multiple clashes, um, but I think they'll be able to get past it. Like, I don't think I don't. See I have faith in derailed. Mike D'Antoni handling all, right. all that turmoil. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> real authoritarian that D'Antoni. And the other moves too, like you said, like adding PJ Tucker is huge. PJ Tucker shot forty percent from three on a pretty decent amount of volume in Toronto. And granted, he wasn't a great three-point shooter before that. But if he, if he takes it, if he cuts into those Ryan Anderson minutes and can give you similar three-point production and you know infinitely, galactically better defense, I think that'll go a long way. Well, Luke Richard and Bamute, like, like they beefed yeah, up everything. Exactly. Ariza, Tucker, Mbamute, Capella, yes. like that's four big time defenders in the front mm-hmm. court that are going right. to make things easier on those guys. And they're going to, they are going to miss Beverly. They are going to miss Lou Williams, but still got Eric Gordon too. You got Bobby Brown, yeah. who always seems to be on this roster this time of year and then disappears into Europe. Um, but I mean, they're going to miss Beverly. That's, that's going to happen, but you only had Lou Williams for like 20 odd games last year. It's not mm-hmm. like he was this huge, huge component and you still have Eric Gordon who was the sixth man of the year. So I, I think there's a, a ton to like about Houston on the other hand, Indiana, 31 and a half is the number. You're going under. I'm going over. And you have indicated with this looks like an orange color on our sheet here that you're not real I, I'm, sure that's about my, this. That's my stay away, Mark. Uh, I wouldn't touch this. The rest of them, the ones that I haven't said are stay aways, go, feel free to bet as much as you want on those and, and do it confidently. But uh, this one I would, I would not touch. 31 and a half is just right in that sweet spot for this team where I just, I don't know. I mean, Miles Turner, love him, obviously. Oh, man. I mean, he's like one of the, is he one of the 10 best, maybe is he one of the eight best players in the East? Like, I mean, I don't know. I I read an article the other day where someone did early all-star projections and had him in there. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And then you start counting up the guys and it's yeah. like half, half the roster from last year's all-star game is gone. Right. And maybe, and you assume he gets better. I mean, it's going to come down know. to like him and Mello for that 12 spot. And Mello's going to weasel his way in again, just like he did no, last he year. He can't, he can't get in again. Can't uh, he? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, this team's just, 
it's just it's a it's a 31 and a half win team if i ever saw one when do you think the last time is Melo hasn't made the all-star game <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to think what the circumstances would even be would he have to would he was he hurt was it performance related was it, it him does. not being in the league related? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I'm trying to see if he missed game. Yeah, he did miss some games. That was probably why. 2008, 2009, okay. he did not make it. He has been a stalwart <laughs> in that Eastern Conference can't lineup ever out. since. Yeah, you, really, you literally can't. Like, he, every year he acts like he doesn't want to be there. He's yeah. got vacations planned. I don't, I don't care. Like I don't last care. year he, he <laughs> called off his vacation at the last second to get to New Orleans, Louisiana for the game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going. What did I even say? I don't remember. Over. Over. Over on the Pacers. We've already spent too much. Time I, I wrote on, on the sheet here. This is the toughest one overall. I really don't know. So we both agree. Don't touch it. I'm putting a little bit of faith in Nate McMillan. That seems like a pretty <laughs> bad decision on my part. Thanks. Yeah. Let's just let's just. I don't want to have like this is when if we ever do go back and grab quotes for next year's over under pod. Like, I want to avoid saying anything that can incriminate me about the Pacers. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.